I'm World Cup champion Megan Klingenberg. Wondering who you should root for at the FIFA Women's World Cup? I'm hosting a new podcast, my new favorite Futbolista, where I will introduce you to soccer's brightest stars and the causes they are championing. From the 22-year-old American phenom speaking out about student-athlete mental health. I try to just like approach everything with like you don't know what someone's going through. To the U.S. defender who travels to tournaments with her young son. Am I ever going to be able to run for five minutes straight? Check out my new favorite Futbolista wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Edit audio. is Rebound Revolution, a not-so-basketball podcast bringing you the revolutionary on and off the court happening in the WNBA. From queer baddies to history to ones to watch, join me, Money, as we get into it all. This season of Rebound Revolution isn't over quite yet. We had so many favorite moments this season, we couldn't leave y'all hanging with just one episode. So... Here's part two of our mailbag featuring even more memorable moments from the show. I hope y'all enjoy. So I think kind of something you said about possibility models and on that similar wave felt like a conversation we had in the Courtney Mays episode too. Oh my gosh, how do I even put to words? So I had never linked in my mind how athletes could be style possibilities for those of us who Mm -hmm. like have different body types whether we're like smaller than like designer sizes or larger than designer sizes and so like you know as a fatty (laughs) usually when sports are talked about they're always lumped into like these really like fat phobic conversations that kind of shame us for not having bodies that look a particular way. And so when Courtney talked about, you know, athletes being inspiration for her, you know, as a tall, bigger Black girl, to think about, like, how do I dress myself? How do I dress bodies that designers don't cut for? That just, like, blew me away. <laughs> I work with clients that are 6'5", 6'7", 6'9", 300 pounds. And so I think I'm constantly fighting the battle to make sure that you see these men and women as their best selves so that you know, like, size doesn't define what's stylish. I want that on a shirt. Right. (laughs) Right. Size doesn't define what's stylish. No. (laughs) And that's, like, a mantra I almost have to tell myself every day. Like, I think that fashion has, it's evolving a bit. Like, you're seeing more different sizes shown, like, editorially on runways and campaigns. And I also think 
that's why it's important to incorporate athletes into that conversation because mm. you're seeing so many different body types. Different bodies, yes. So many different body types. And especially in basketball, you know what Brittany Griner looks like. You know mm-hmm. what Chris Paul looks like because they're not covered by helmets or padding. Yeah. So you can relate to them as a consumer. I often say like, We're not really watching, like, the Oscars red carpet to figure out how we can recreate those looks. But you are watching the game on Friday or whatever day to figure out how you can get that sweatsuit or that pair of jeans or that bomber jacket because it's relatable. Yes. And to see it on a woman that's 6'8 or a man that's 6'11, you're like, oh, this is actually achievable and attainable Mm -hmm. for me who may not be 6'11, but is 6'1 and 300. So, like... I think that's why it's so important to me to, like, continue to merge the two worlds. Yes, like, really that model of bringing things to people as opposed to trying to adjust people into what this dominant narrative is. That. Like, ooh, Courtney was so in her bag with that. And just, like, you know, following her on Instagram and seeing how she styles folks, it just feels so, like, obvious like why don't people make clothes (laughs) for other bodies you know it's like duh of course like when you see Courtney put a look together for somebody you're like oh yeah (laughs) that makes sense yes Mm -hmm. and I remember she really got into kind of the volume of looks that you end up pulling for all these athletes and like I'm no mathematician but I was trying to add up all of these looks for a season then they have supplementary events and it's like to keep that level of quality across a hundred looks more than that over a course of like several months like you really really have to be committed to the work and to your point to make it look that effortless true talent so shout out to Courtney definitely (laughs) do you have another highlight from the season though oh my gosh I could be here all day that's a dangerous (laughs) question but (laughs) I would say another beautiful moment out of many, was when you had a conversation with Dewana Bonner, who really, once again, another theme, so many of these players who are out here just really giving their all to the game, just pull up and are like, yeah, it's just me. You know, I'm just doing what I got to do. And she was so candid about really what it takes to be someone who is a professional Mm -hmm. athlete working at an elite level and also a parent who wants to be present for their children. And so I really just felt so much gratitude and how open she was, but Mm -hmm. also you could for real, really feel the love that she had for family. And I just love that. I was just blown away by how sweet Dewana is because most of my interaction with her has been watching her play basketball. (laughs) And she is not nice when she has that basketball, okay? (laughs) She was just like so open and welcoming it felt like talking to a friend and exactly that was my highlight too just the way she talked about what it takes to be an athlete and a mom you know mm-hmm. um and that mom guilt that I'm sure like so many parents can relate to I mean she's an all-star she's giving it her, yep. her all all the time and also has these little humans that she wants to be great too <laughs> Can you tell us about motherhood? And also shout out to Callie and Demi. Yeah, (laughs) shout out to Callie and Demi, who better be in school right now. (laughs) Man, those two little girls are definitely a highlight of my life. They just bring me so much joy. You know, like, Mm -hmm. um, 
I miss out a lot of time with them because of basketball, and that sucks. Um, I yeah. struggle with that a lot mentally. Because, you know, you have mommy guilt. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. dang, I'm not there. But I know at the end of the day, um, I'm doing this for them. Yes. And hopefully one day they'll see it and just be like, wow, my mom was awesome. But, yes, man, those little girls, I love them to death. I don't even know what mm-hmm. I can say to describe them because they just... Yeah. My world, pride and joy. We mm-hmm. talk all day, every day when I'm not around. I probably call like 10 times. Mm-hmm. And now they're to the point where they have their iPad. So now I put my number in there and they just, you know. They call you. Exactly. Yeah. They blow me up and I blow them up. Yes. And matching walking fits with Alyssa Thomas. Yes. So, oh. you know, she got lots to coordinate. Yes. <laughs> and they got engaged oh. this season. And, you yes. know, the way they smoked the Minnesota Lynx boots in that game one, they making a really good run for this championship this year. <laughs> I mean, make sure you listen to our finals 101 episode because, yes. you know, there's some predictions being made. So we'll see. <laughs> another moment that I want to shout out. Shireen, I mean, maybe I'm biased again, another Canadian, but... That episode was so good in terms of just grounding us in what it means to be objective, who has that privilege Mm -hmm. to be objective, and also just how, you know what, everyone's saying this and that about identity, but I really think he was able to position how her identity and the athletes' identities in the league are so crucial to their humanity. So I just wanted to shout that out too. Yeah. Shereen coming through and really giving us, I feel like she like harking back to the Combahee River Collective statement where like we cannot separate our identity from our politics and from Mm. anything we experience. Right. So like this idea of objectivity is rooted in white supremacy. Right. Like erasing identity in order to get to some quote unquote truth when truth is experienced differently. Depending on our identity. And who better to write about us but us? My identity is not divorced from my work. So I do go with an anti-oppression lens. I think that one of the things in journalism is that this idea of being objective is gatekeeping by those with power and those with control. My gosh. I feel like you just blew my mind. Like, objectivity is a gatekeeping tool. Yeah, totally. It absolutely is. And it's the way for people to control messages through different mediums. And what my, stories get told? And yeah, exactly. Who? Exactly. And Jessica said a long time ago, who tells the story is as important as the story. And for me, that mm-hmm. has been instructive for me and how I move forward as a journalist. And Black colleagues of mine and, you know, racialized colleagues of mine, indigenous colleagues of mine were like, well, can you be objective? How the fuck are you supposed to be objective about yeah. somebody being murdered? Like, like yeah. give me a break. And you yeah. know what? I actually will flip that and say, I have the tools to see through a lens that you simply don't have. Yeah, that's your main episode was hitting. <laughs> yes. And it gave us curbside feminism. You know, oh, I took yes. that away. I know a lot of yeah. us took that away. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that was hitting. Y'all were in your bag once again. Not the mailbag, but another bag. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If we're thinking about so many fun moments of the show, we really got to give it up to Courtney. I mean, actually, there's two Courtneys, so let me be specific. (laughs) Courtney Williams. Yes. That episode had us cracking 
up. Yes. We still touched on so many things, but Courtney really brought so much joy to the season. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we also have I'm Gay Now. I'm Gay Now? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just three words that speak to the fluidity of sexuality, the growth as a queer person where we really Mm -hmm. do have to like discover ourselves thanks to heteronormativity but (laughs) yes i'm gay now and the bundles ain't coming back are like (laughs) yeah (laughs) how did you grow into your style oh i'm gay now so like hey (laughs) (laughs) but i think when i was like you said in college like i was still trying to find my show Mm -hmm. so i was still like in that like dressing girly like had a boyfriend like kind of in the middle and then when I kind of got like exposed to different things when I got to college that's when Mm -hmm. I was able to be like okay I think this fly like Mm -hmm. okay this fly now I'm mixing and matching and kind of just really finding myself so I think Mm -hmm. college is where like I really found myself and I could really like step into like my swag, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you think queerness impacted your style? Oh, oh, it impacted me a lot. Kind of like I got a masculine type of swag now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I be telling people they need to send their boyfriend to my page if they wanna True. want him to get fly, you feel me? But that's how I dress now. <laughs> Mic drop. Season done. <laughs> what more is there to say? But also, she wasn't wrong. She's not wrong. Because they can learn a thing Exactly. Or three. <laughs> Several things can be learned. <laughs> and this is why she got voted best trash talker in the league. Because <laughs> it's not like um, malicious, right? It's just, nope. you just feel bad. <laughs> She's like, send your boyfriend to my page. And then you just look at your dusty boyfriend <laughs> and you realize he is not Courtney Williams. <laughs> He is not. The truth hurts sometimes. <laughs> Courtney is hilarious. And that episode was so much fun to record. Yes. I mean, logging on and saying like, like I think she asked if I was gay. And she was like, because I only want to talk to gay people. <laughs> like that was, it was like from the moment she yep. got on to the time we yep. ended. She was just hilarious. Also, I mean, Producer, Mick, you can cut this if you want. But (laughs) when Courtney came on, Mick was so flustered at the fineness that they referred to me as Mick themselves. And their name, I don't even know if they referred to themselves as me. But that moment did live in my mind rent-free after. It was so wholesome. It was so cute. And I hope Mick doesn't cut this. Mick introducing everybody as Mick because Courtney <laughs> Williams was cute. That was just was very fun. funny and it was so adorable. <laughs> we'll, we'll be Mick for the sake of that. That's okay. Look, we we can be Mick cubed, okay, for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all probably already know, but my favorite moment that I had to like try to compose myself for <laughs> Simone Augustus. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how to explain how long I've had a crush on Simone Augustus. Like, like, 
she's probably when it comes to like celebrity crushes she's probably my longest standing celebrity crush and you know we in the era of parasocial relationships shout out to the parasocial (laughs) gang you know (laughs) parasocial gang we out here yes and so you know she used to do these like uh talk to me tuesdays on instagram during the pandemic so i just I just had, like, a picture of who Simone was in my head. I'm like, yeah, we're cool. Like, we're going to talk and chop it up when we meet. We're going to be real good friends. And it was great to receive that energy from her, you know? Like, mm-hmm. she was, like, so chill. You would never be able to tell she's a four-time Olympic gold medal, you know? <laughs> right? She is just, like, open about, like, her experiences that led her to being who she is today. You could tell that meditation be working because Simone was just so so chill. (laughs) I still can't believe that I was able to interview an icon, a legend, and also, oh my gosh, like a childhood crush. (laughs) Yes. And even behind the scenes, Mick and I were saying like, you know, parasocial gang or not, like it really felt like it was two friends catching up for real. Like it was so natural between both of you. Also, Simone better drop the radio show. Like, it's giving quiet storm. Like, <laughs> you listening to the evening drop. Like, yes. the voice is so soothing. So oh, my gosh. freaking soothing. <laughs> I know she's into meditation. If Simone joined, like, one of those meditation apps. Right? She would be the most downloaded. Because, <laughs> baby, the way I would sign up yes. immediately. <laughs> Right. I was like, why am I feeling so relaxed? (laughs) It's like audio CBD listening to Simone. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Amazing all around. And I really think in that episode, there were so many amazing and beautiful moments, but she really distilled how W athletes in particular are really engaged in their communities in ways that a lot of the NBA athletes, you know, once they reach a certain sphere, are not necessarily experiencing anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think Simone put it so beautifully. We get stopped by the police just like anybody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, we go to the grocery store, our car might not swipe just like anybody else. We might, you know, that's how we view it. And so that's why being at the forefront of this it's just like you getting out there marching where you at. Like, it's like, all right, we got to get in these streets because yeah. I live here. Yeah. <laughs> I work here. We don't have those luxuries. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you said you was at the corner store the day after your statue. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Get out here. <laughs> Look. <laughs> where you want me to go? They don't have a, a, a retirement home for people with statues. Like, I still, you know, I still got to go out here. I got to eat. I got to, you know, maneuver. You still got to get your snacks. I still got to get my snacks. The corner stores, where is that? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the corner stores. I think a lot about my friends who are organizers. And mm. something they say a lot is like, If you are not organizing, then you can't be the voice of the movement, which basically means like if you're not grassroots, if you're not with the people, then you can't be the mouthpiece of the people. And that moment where Simone talked about, you know, we still live in the neighborhood. We still go to the corner store. Yes. Like that feels that way. Right. I think that's why the W had to shift into being such a socially justice oriented professional league because 
they still are in community. They still experience stuff. Their wealth has not removed them. Absolutely. I think about that all the time. Like, shout out to Simone. I mean, shout out to Dr. Joy as well for, you know, bringing us all together. Yeah. Definitely want to emphasize the shout out to Dr. Joy for making that happen. (laughs) All right. Can I just name a few off the pod highlights of recording this season? So, first of all, I have loved the chat, like, (laughs) while we're recording. (laughs) Y'all, Mel and Mick be in the chat, and I just really want to see those DMs, because... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) They probably look a lot like, yes, or... Whew, so fine. Just so fine. <laughs> yes. Yes. All of the above. Or like, oh my God, this is so cute. How does it feel like they always know each other? That's the thing. You really bring that vibe of just making people feel at ease. So it's like every time we're sitting in, I'm like, am I just watching two people at a dinner table? Like, because it feels like it. Love it. Well, I think that some of that is Virgo energy, you know, the mutable yeah. sign. <laughs> But I I really think that a lot of that has to do with, like, me being a therapist for so long. Mm. You know, it's like you got to jump in and build a relationship really quickly as a therapist. And so I hope that makes me a better podcaster when, <laughs> when it comes to that. So, I mean, that is a hope that I think you can say has come to fruition because it definitely makes you an amazing host and just an amazing person to, you know, be around. So... Shout out to you. Thanks, Mel. <laughs> Any other little moments you want to shout out behind the scenes, in front of the scenes? Yeah. So um, I took my friend Jay to her first WNBA game this season. Yay. Yes. It was the Indiana Fever playing the New York Liberty at the Barclays Center. Oh, how did that go? <laughs> Well, you know, I was the only person rooting for the Indiana Fever in my section. And it was so funny because I didn't tell her that Indiana was my team. Because this was her first WNBA game. So she looks at me and she's like, you should have told me that you were rooting for the enemy. (laughs) You set me up. You set me up. (laughs) And then there was an 11-year-old girl who it was also her first WNBA game. And her mom told us that she begged her to take her to a game. So she was like, fine, I'm going to take her. But she looked at me, maybe like in the middle of the third quarter, and goes, is Indiana your team? And I said, yes. And she said, you're going to lose. <laughs> oh. Oh. And that moment, I was like, you know what? We might, but we're going to put up a fight, okay? <laughs> That's right. You know what? You got to teach these youth. Yes. That was a really fun experience. (laughs) I love that. And then there's like two on-court highlights that just felt like such sparkles this season. The first was really recently, Seth Dolson, New York Liberty. I don't know what she had for like breakfast that morning. I don't know. what was on the bench, (laughs) but she got up and hit five threes in a row. (laughs) It was just like, you know, the first two, it's like, oh, okay, great. Back-to-back threes. 
And then she hit another one and another one and another one. Yeah, it was so funny because I was watching the game with my partner and they like got up to go to the bathroom or something and they came back and the score was like way different. I was like, yeah, you were only gone for like two minutes, but Steph Dolson hit five threes in a row. So... Not even humanly possible. Apparently it is, but yeah. wow. Apparently she has hit six threes in a row in a game before. I just don't even think of her as a three-point shooter because they usually play her as a post player. Like she usually plays the big, you know, as mm-hmm. we broke down in our fundamentals. Like she plays the five, the center a lot. So usually those players aren't looked to as three-point shooters, but... Steph said, uh, I have something to say about that. <laughs> he said, is it time for the bucket? Yes. Because I'm about to show you it is. <laughs> and I think last but not least, Chelsea Gray has been doing this like highlight reel hand motion. We Okay, we all know the Aces are an amazing team. They kind of feel like the Monstars from... <laughs> From Space Jam. I'm screaming. Welcome to the Space Jam. Space Jam. It's like, yes, we know y'all are going to win. But, you know, I think last season it was the sleeping hand gesture. I think, you know, in the off season it was the you can't see me uh, hand gesture. But now Chelsea Gray has given us the highlight reel. And I, I have to use that. I have to find some place in my yes. real life where I can use the highlight reel. <laughs> yes, I live for theatrics. I live for extraness. And I live for knowing what you are bringing to the table. And <laughs> So overall, I feel like this season has just been full of glimmers. I am so excited to see who takes home the championship this season. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited that we wrapped a successful season of Rebound Revolution. Yes, that's a great team. Ooh, it's been such an amazing season. Thank you, Money. Shout out to Mick. Shout out to the team. And, you know, it's truly been so beautiful, as you said. It really has. And absolutely, shout out the team. Shout out to Mick. Shout out to Kathleen, the the scheduler who is unparalleled <laughs> when it comes to the Google Calendar, okay? And <laughs> you don't play with that yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> Rebound Revolution is an edit audio original podcast created in collaboration with The Cube. I'm your host, Money McEachern, and this episode was produced by Melissa Houghton, Mick Finnegan, and me. It was edited, mixed, and mastered by Mick Finnegan. Our supervising producer is Anna Deshawn. Our executive producer is Steph Colburn. Thank you to Kathleen Speckert and the whole edit audio team.